mind tonight? Play play over. Depends. Will your friend, the football, will be there? Oh, friend! Football friend! Oh, what a support goal! Stefan Moore, that is extraordinary for Ben Garuccio! You're listening to Football Friends with Ben Garuccio and Stefan Mork. No guest in the end this week, unfortunately, but still plenty to get through. The boys discuss A-League men's round 13 and give their predictions prior to the ongoing round 14. Plus, we talk about the recent developments at the APL's head office. Where does it leave us in terms of the future of the league? And the inner game stories of the week are back as the boys tell tales of white line fever and Steph giving it back to the grandstands. All that and more coming up on Football Friends. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, for another episode of Football Friends with Ben and Steph. I'm Steph, and here's Ben. Hello, guys. Welcome back to another episode. Hope everyone's had a good week. We've, uh, we're really excited about the episode this week. We had Chloe Legazzo coming on. The questions that were, were pouring in were, were the most by far. So there was obviously a lot of keen listeners out there. We recorded the episode... And unfortunately, due to technical issues, the uh, the actual audio didn't come out too well. So we're going to have to get her back on um, at a time that suits her to re-record it. And for today's episode, you're going to just have to listen to, to myself and Ben. So we're really sorry about this and we promise we'll get her back on um, if this is your first time listening. Um, thanks for jumping on and, and hopefully you'll be uh, a listener weekly from now on out. Yeah, guys, it was, um, it was actually, it's just a shame because it was such a good chat. And obviously with these guests, we want to try and keep it as organic as possible. But unfortunately, there was just no way to, to save the audio. Um, and we don't really want to put out a, a product that's not going to be very enjoyable for you guys to listen to. So unfortunately, we've had to cut that out but we'll crack on with the rest of the episode and and hopefully you guys will still find something interesting in it so let's just jump straight into the a-league round 13 review but then it but was, before uh, we get to that i think we we missed that last week but with all the news coming out around the apl and um you know the big thing we wanted to be players that were speaking openly and honestly about the current situation in football to try and you know drive drive people towards the game um and with doing that i think we do need to kind of address from our point of view um you know what's happened last week and, and what's obviously been going on so are you happy for me to kind of say something or do you want to say something yeah you can kick us off you're, you're the one with the all the all the tweets on on x so you can you can kick us off are they still called tweets on x i don't know are they x's there's x's. all my x's on there um yeah it's bad very bad banter to kick us off so we're really sorry about that but on to the serious topic yeah i think um you know it's just really disappointing from a player's perspective to see the game in this current position you know we we don't really know what's going on in 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 covid we had a lot of conversations um with the pfa and with then it was the apl board and and you know you're obviously promised a lot of things and the direction that the league's going in and um, you know, I, I was speaking to a couple of people involved in A-League clubs and people here in Adelaide as well. And as a player, you know, the hardest thing is, is, you know, our, our contracts, what we get paid and our standards are really dictated by the people above us. And as well as we play 
And for me, the quality of football is great. There's a lot of young players coming through. We've got good foreign players in the league. So the question's not about the quality of the league, but it's everything else that's surrounding it. And I think if we want to be a high performance environment in terms of, you know, the A-League, but the league itself and football in this country, you know, we need to hold people accountable and, you know, people need to put their hand up and say they've made a mistake. And and the mistake was obviously hiring so many people um, to work within, within the organization. And they've rectified that because they need to, you know, cut the costs. Um, but I do truly hope that this is kind of the last bit of bad news and they're really starting to understand, you know, they can't, they can't alienate the fans. They can't make the fans feel like they're worthless and they're, and, and they're not important because, you know, if you, if you're deciding between going to a game or not, and you see this negative news, it just does turn you away. And even for me as a player, you know, it's, it's, it's deflating and, and, you know, you just want all these positive things to come out with football and um, it's been brilliant, you know, some of the things that have happened in the last 12 months, but there's also been a lot of bad things and, um, you know, there was news of the Auckland license getting sold and I don't, I'm always an optimistic person. I like to look at, you know, the half glass full rather than the half glass empty kind of thing. And if, if the league was in that bad of a shape, I don't think you'd have these owners coming in to buy licenses in Auckland and supposedly Canberra's as well is going to be announced this week, whether you believe that or not, who knows? So I think for as bad as it seems, um, I think people have to remember is that, you know, there's still people looking to buy into the league. And that's what gives you, you know, that little bit of hope that things are turning around. And um, again, I know, you know, you can speak as poorly as you want about the league and there needs to be promotion and relegation and all these things, which I completely agree with. But also we do just need the current APO and the current league in the way it's at to get to the best possible position it can be so we can keep developing players, so we can keep, you know, putting on good competition games for people to come and watch and fall in love with the game and, now we're speaking to Chloe Legazzo, you know, we need the next Chloe Legazzo to be able to come through, you know, Western United's Academy so they can play for the Matildas and um, inspire the next generation. So it's great, um, you know, to to see everything well that they've done, but there's also a lot of things that they need to improve on. And hopefully, you know, moving forward, this is the last of the, the bad news that comes out of the league because we really do need a lot of positivity around the A-League to get people back on side. So... That's my uh, couple minute run. Maybe we need to get Mark Bosnich or Robbie Slater on here as well, Ben, because they've been they've been going at it as well. Yeah, no, there's been a lot. Um, I suppose has come out of it, and obviously it is. You know, it's negative. Um, the news and even people that you know, friends of mine that, that aren't massive football fans were, were messaging me and asking me about it. So it, it's not what we want as a league. Um, you know, I, I think consolidation is is the word they used and. I can understand consolidation. Um, you know, if you any business should consolidate, you know, if, if they're spending too much money um, that they're maybe not seeing the reward for, then that's, you know, it's understandable to to have it. But that many job cuts uh, at the end of the day, they, these are people as well, just like me and you. It's like, you know, tomorrow getting someone come up to you and say, you know, you're no longer needed, your job's gone. Um, you know, these are people that have been hired um, thinking that, you know, they're, they're secure in their jobs and then all of a sudden this happens. I think at such a large scale, that's where the worrying signs start to come in. Um, but as we said, hopefully it is the last kind of bit of bad news because, you know, it is disappointing to have, you know, good people losing their jobs and I suppose so much money that's gone into uh, the keep up and other things um, surrounding the APL. It, it's just a little bit disappointing and a little bit worrying, to be honest, as a player. Um, 
you, as you said, you're you're an optimist and and you want to see everything for for the good side. Um, but it is it, it can be a little bit worrying, and we want to see this league grow more than anything. Um, you know, we're we're massive advocates for this league because we want it to grow. We want Australian football to grow, men's, women's, uh, grassroots, everything to do with football to be growing and seeing news like that kind of puts things the other way, which which we don't want to be seeing too much of. So hopefully it is the last. Uh, I think it's enough room for the game to grow. And and as you said, the standard's been great. You know, there's so many goals. The games are entertaining. Anyone that says that they don't want to watch Australian football because it's not as good as Europe and um, do one, <laughs> uh, for lack of better words. <laughs> but, um, you know... Hopefully, they're. I'm sure they're probably not listening to this podcast anyway if they don't want to watch Australian football. But there's so much good in it. It's so entertaining. And I suppose with that, we could go straight into our A League Men Round 13 review. Another great week of football. All around, plenty of goals. The games have been very entertaining, to say the least. And it started off with Brisbane versus MacArthur, 3-1 win for, for the Bulls down at Suncorp. And it's, yeah, not looking good for the Raw at the moment. Yeah, they've, they've definitely dropped off. Um, obviously, Ben Kahn's only been in there now for a couple of weeks. But um, at home... You'd expect, yeah, to be getting the three points against the Bulls. Um, I guess it's one of those games where, you know, three points three points lost and you kind of get further away from um, from those guys. You know, it's a six-pointer in that game. And, and the Bulls are looking pretty good. I think they're, you know, they're, they're in a good position in the league. And, and also, obviously, they've got the, the AFC Cup coming up, I think, as well. So, you know, there should be a lot of positive positive feelings around, around the Bulls. And, and hopefully... Um, you know, Brisbane can kind of get their season back on track, although they've they've also played um, against the Jets in the round 12 catch-up game um, and they lost 3-1 again. And, and I guess a, a red card to Jay O'Shea, which I, I commented on uh, this morning. Uh, I don't think it was a red card. I think it was, you know, if he did give it in real time, no worries. It is what it is. But to review that, I don't think there was any uh, malice in the tackle i don't think he had any force behind him just because your studs are up i don't know what you think about it ben but for me it was it was just one of those ones where he yeah he clicked him a little bit and it'll hurt yellow cards more than okay though and and just you know you ruin the game i think with, with that decision yeah no it's such a hard one now when they slow it down so much and you see it so many times in a slow-mo view obviously when when the studs catch the ankle it's going to look pretty ugly uh, but I think you have to actually look at the whole situation, how much force was behind it, how fast it was. Was he flying in? Was it at a speed that he could have actually broken his leg? And to be honest, there, there's tackles every single week that you potentially could break someone's leg because it is a contact sport. And that's just the way it is. You know, if your foot gets caught on, underneath a stud, it, something could always happen. But yeah, I think it was a pretty harsh red. I thought the commentating was pretty funny. I've, I don't know who it was exactly, but... They said that uh, Timmons just was uh, mistimed his tackle or something when he came in, but he actually got the ball and then copped studs to his ankle. So <laughs> I don't see how he uh, mistimed it, but yeah. Um, well, yeah. obviously, yeah, Jelicic got the got the red in the MacArthur game as well. First game back, a uh, young boy sort of coming back from overseas and he got the red as well. So they've got a few suspensions now to deal with on top of, you know, maybe the, the runner form that they weren't looking for right now, but 
we'll see how Brisbane go, I suppose, in the next couple of weeks. But um, we'll jump on to the next game, which was Wellington versus Melbourne victory. Uh, one all at the death for Wellington. They saved it. What did you make of that one? I think the um, yeah the top of the table clash probably didn't deliver in in some ways in in the excitement. Um, it, it was an okay game, but I think you know again you get a red card and whether it's a red card or not, I don't know. We're talking about the the referees too much already, and we're only a couple of minutes in. But um, it does change the games. Um, and and you know what? I think the the camaraderie and the belief um, in the in the sorry in both sides the victory and the Phoenix camp, you know victory undefeated but phoenix to come from one nil down 10 men it shows the yeah the belief they've got with obviously the the coach and all the players and um almost ten thousand people there at the cake tin as well so they were loving it getting their shirts off for the the last little bit and you know i, I think it was a it was not a bad performance from both teams and, and they're both probably been the most consistent so um we'll see i guess if those two are still up there by the time they next play each other um but yeah, overall, overall it was okay. And the next game was was Sydney FC against Newcastle. Um, we just spoke about Newcastle getting a big three points against Brisbane Raw. But you know, it's funny how football changes so quickly because you know, three four days ago, you know, they're at the SFS and they're getting their pants pulled down four nil. Could have actually been a, a whole lot more. And things change just so quickly. And and that's why you can't you can't lose your head. You can't drop too too low because, you know. The next time you, you get a chance to play a game, you can easily win and, and feel like everything's turning in the right way. Yeah, that's what we love about football, I suppose. You know, when you've got game coming around thick and fast, you've always got a chance to put things right, which Newcastle did. But obviously the the game against Sydney was a a masterclass, to be honest, from from Sydney FC. I suppose they've just not had the consistency maybe that the, they would like. Uh, in the season so far but when they're at their best I still think they're one of the strongest teams in the league by far just was the quality that they've got in their side and obviously Max Burgess uh, was back to his best he was on fire and yeah we've spoken about Lolly all season but he was on the score sheet again and yeah they've just got a really really good squad um, yeah. I would be some surprised some of the young boys as well a, yeah yeah no nah, they've got a good squad all around they've got balance They've got younger players and they've got, you know, your, your star signings as well. Yeah, it's um, on that. They, they, I really like the um, the centre-back. Is it Girdwood Reich, the young boy? He plays centre-back, plays six, can play eight. Actually, can, it's pretty rare to be you kind of a little bit like Declan Rice almost. I'm not going to say he's anywhere near his level, but similar in that, like, he's very simple in the way he plays, but he's so big and so physical. And I think he's only, yeah, 19 or whatever. So he's... He's one I'm sure that they're going to be looking to, to sell overseas and on the young players and Newcastle Jets. Um, it's Clayton Taylor, I think is his name. Um, I saw he was linked with uh, a team in Norway and then also a couple of championship sides potentially for what it was at £300,000 or something like that. So it's um, it's good to see young players getting games and, and good to see them taking their opportunities. And, and the more players that we sell overseas, the better it is because hopefully that just turns into more you know, more money getting spent on the academies, more money getting spent on the clubs. And um, yeah, on a, on a side note for Newcastle, obviously the season hasn't gone too well. If they can sell a player, um, it's it's great for potential owners to see that they're developing those young players, which um, has been a big emphasis this season. Yeah, that's what you get when you give young players enough games and enough time to get into the groove of, of playing professional football week in, week out. And yeah, I think he, since the start, he's been 
you know, one of the younger players that when I've watched Newcastle looks the most dangerous and he's been fairly consistent as well for a young player. He's definitely got something about him. Um, and on that, that good with Reich, he was, he was the one that Lolly said to me when in the Australia cup game that like this kid's unbelievable. So, um, all these games on, he's still, you know, playing two coaches, um, still managing to get his shot. And yeah, he, he looks like a, like a really mature player for his age. Yeah. I would be very surprised come end of the season. Um, you know. If he's if he hasn't attracted a lot of interest, and probably even more surprised if it comes to a preseason next year, and he's still still in the sky blue, so I think he'll be he'll be getting the move as long as he keeps this form up, and and that's great. Again, it's great for the club, um, great for the player. So when we were younger, we were um, yeah struggling struggling to get minutes, and you know not saying we were as good as these young kids or better or worse, but it was just a different landscape. So it's good to see the league kind of pushing that way because. It's around the world in football. It's not just the A-League, but I think unless you're one of the top four or five leagues, you're not the best league in the world. It's just the reality of it. So you have to kind of be a, you know, a younger league to try and sell players to make money, obviously on a different scale. But even in France, for example, you know, it's top league. But, you know, majority of those teams, they're just selling clubs, aren't they? Like, you, 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 unless you're at PSG, you're always going to get sold somewhere else if you're playing well. So I think we need to keep going down that trend while also you want to win in the A-League, you know, you still want to be a champion. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, again, that's another topic for another day um, where we can go into more detail. I'm sure we've spoken about that enough with youth football. But the next game was uh, Wanderers v Perth Glory. And after all of the uh, off-field issues during the week for Glory, which I'm sure, you know, behind the scenes has been going on for a long, long time, you know, they break their hoodoo on the on the road and get the three points. Kolakowski with the top finish, um, great assist from Tags, and I love. I actually loved, you know, Tags. You know, obviously from playing with him, like he's just an angry guy sometimes. Like he really just like loses his head. But that that fire, I think, really sparked the uh, sparked the glory. And he was chasing back. He was tackling. He didn't score, but he was involved with everything. And he's really leading from the front. And he's a Perth boy, so I'm sure he's very, you know, very proud to be to be wearing the Perth glory kit and wants to kind of get them back to where they belong. So it was a good, good three points for them. Very happy to see them winning it because, you know, when you're in a tough spot, um, three points make everything better. You couldn't care less about anything as long as you get the three points. Wouldn't you say so? Yeah, oh, for sure. I, I wasn't too happy that Perth won because, you know, they're, they're only a couple of points in front of us, but um, they, they deserve to win, to be honest. They, they had uh, a lot of other chances, uh, offsides that were pretty tight that could have been goals or good chances. Um, the one that Tags missed that I think he was offside anyway, but he's missed that it was a cutback like on the six-yard box that you'd expect him to score. And then, yeah, Willow, our old friend David Williams, pops up for, for the winner. So it was enough um, in the end, and they got the win. It's a massive win for them, especially on the back of everything that's been happening, obviously losing more players, you know, Bazanic is gone. Now Khalif, he's also gone, joined victories. So um, they're going to have to go deep into that squad. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of youth players um, featuring for the rest of the season. But honestly, just like we've said throughout, it's more chances for young players. Hopefully they can grab it with both hands and and hopefully Perth can, can get some wins along the way. But on to the last game of the actual round, which was Central Coast versus Melbourne City. And... Central Coast get the win this time around, 2-1 over, over City. 
and it was a it was a top game to be honest. I had a bit of everything, had a bit of a punch on at the end as well, and all in brawl, which is <laughs> I suppose probably not not that great for the image of the game, but it is good, you know, <laughs> when the game's like that, when the game's fiery, you love it. I know yeah. you definitely will. Yeah, yeah, like I, I, I don't know if it's bad for the. I think it's one of those things. You know, it's not like anyone actually got hurt, or you know, there wasn't actually you know buckets getting thrown. So that was the the one positive from it. Um, but you know, like Central Coast, they they beat them six. What was it, six nil? Yeah, six nil or six one in the the final last year. I'm sure Melbourne City. You know, they still hold on to that. They drew three three earlier in the season. But you guarantee, if you're the Melbourne City coach. You know, you're talking about that during the week saying, you know, they, they, they fucking, they embarrassed us. That can't happen. They're a hardworking team. We need to outwork them. We need to outfight them, outrun them. And, you know, that's what Central Coast bring. And, and City tried to obviously match it. It was a hot, hot day. Good that they moved it back a little bit. But, you know, when, when it comes to the end of the game and you're angry and frustrated because you're losing, sometimes your, your temper gets the better of you. And, um, yeah, strange. I honestly, I watched it a few times. I can't, they must have better footage or something. They've given Stormroo, was it two or three games, but I actually can't really see what he did that much worse than like the other eight players that were around, um, around the, the Melbourne city player. But it was, yeah, it, it was a weird one. Um, Farrell didn't even get a yellow card and he was one of the instigators and Tonus got one and then Vukovic yeah. got one. It's just, yeah, crazy, crazy, yeah. but good. There was obviously, um, there were obviously words thrown around. I think that can be the only answer for the Storm Rue red card. So what it was yeah. exactly, I don't know. But um, yeah, our boy um, Tog Arsland got got decked by about five <laughs> Central Coast players. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Farrell, Farrell gets away without a yellow and he was the one that started it with Antonis. So um, yeah, strange, strange scenes. But obviously when you watch on TV, you don't actually know what, what's really happened. But yeah. Um, I suppose that kind of wraps up our review for round 13. And now we're going to our news of the week and the headlines are on the Socceroos at the moment for good reason that they've progressed to the next round of the Asian Cup. Uh, done it fairly easily, I would say, you know, undefeated in the group and some good performances. Uh, it's never easy to play against that opposition, as we've said before, but you know, you look at Japan, you look at South Korea, they've dropped points. So I think uh, the Socceroos are in a decent position to go a long way in this tournament. Yeah, well, it's probably, depending on obviously what happens tonight with Japan, but, you know, Japan could be playing South Korea in, in that side of the draw and, and it's kind of opened up. It's not going to be easy. Um, there's no easy game. And, and I actually understand, you know, oh, we're watching as fans. We would, you know, do anything to be obviously involved in the squad as, as players, but at the moment, we're, we're fans as well. And when you watch it, it's, you know, you want to see them winning 3, 4, 5 nil and, and kind of destroying these teams. But it honestly isn't as easy, and especially in a tournament, you know, like if you slip up and you go to attacking, you always leave yourself open to, you know, cop a goal. And then, you know, you lose 1-0. It's happened to us in the under-20s and 23s in the Asian Cup qualifiers. And, you know, you go 1-0 down. Against these teams, they waste time like crazy. You know, you can't get the ball in play. They're kicking you. They're doing everything. And, you lose that first game or even a second game and you could potentially be out or you're coming through as third place team. So it's, um, I think that the most important thing is, is just going through and they've topped the group. Uh, hopefully, you know, you'll have Juki back for the next round potentially and, and all the players are fit. Um, but let's see, like it's it's a lot of pressure obviously on on the players and the coaching staff because everybody expects us to kind of, you know, at least be in the semi-final close to the final. Um 
it would be great if there was a little bit more media attention around it. Um, I think it's something that the you know the local media love to jump on the Matildas or the Socceroos when they're in town or if there's a negative story with football. And don't get me wrong, I spoke about the APL at the start. It's a disaster what's happening. Uh, so they should be talking about it. But I'd love to know why do the media you know just think oh we'll talk about all the negative stuff in football when it get, becomes too big, but they don't want to report on the Socceroos at an Asian Cup. Like it, it's it's just a a very strange one to me. Um, but let's see. Let's see how they go in the next game because it's going to be... Yeah, there's no no easy games, as as you said. And um, at the end of the day, if they win and they top the group, can anyone really say too much about Arnie and, and the players when they've done that? No, no, not really, to be honest. That's the job of the coach is to progress as far as he can. And look, people will say what they want, that you know the team could be playing a little bit better. Um, I think probably we're yet to see maybe the best mixture of players in us in an 11 so far because I think you know Geordie Boss adds a lot um I think in the first game who was playing as the as a 2-8 it was Irvine and Metcalf so I don't think we've seen McGree and Metcalf together yet obviously they're both left-footed similar kind of position so I don't know if we'll see them together but it'll be interesting there's a lot of players you know we've got I think we've got through because we've got a lot more quality than these other teams but as you said these games are on a knife edge it's not like the, as if the other team's just going to sit there and roll over and let you in like they're trying just as hard for their country just as as we are you know as the Socceroos are to to get through so it's it's not easy it's not easy so two clean sheets a draw against Uzbekistan which which are they're not a bad country I think everyone would look at Uzbekistan and think we should be beating them but we, we played them in the, in the junior national teams and they're they're always a tough tough country to play against yeah exactly right so um we'll leave it at that hopefully next week we'll be talking about them getting through to the next stage um and then we can kind of die dissect that this is the inner game story of the week this segment is brought to you by the inner game journals started by none other than our co-host stefan mork the athlete performance journals were created to help athletes of all abilities become more self-aware through goal setting and reflection on or off the field the mental side of the game is so crucial to help you feel and perform at your best head over to www.theinnergamejournals.com and use code football friends to get 15 percent of all products if you're a club school or academy you're in luck stefan also runs workshops and he's just released the app version which will allow you to give direct feedback to players download the app for free today search the inner game on the app store due to our guest obviously not being able to uh or our audio not working uh we've had to go into our story of the week and it's, it's the perfect time i guess to kind of bring this story out um with the preview obviously you've got the the Thursday night game, Melbourne City against Adelaide United. And that is the story about me moving mid-season, which I think I've spoken about to uh, Adelaide United. And then we came up against them, came up against you when you were at Melbourne City. And um, we'd played once before this um, and you guys beat us. That was the only game I lost with Adelaide. Fitzy scored an unbelievable, I think it was Fitzy. He cut in, I think he cut in from the right and bent the top corner. Unbelievable goal. Um Obviously, I was disappointed that we lost to you guys. But then in the round 27 game, it was us, Brisbane Raw, and you guys all going for top spot. And we played, I think it was Friday night. Um, massive game. Obviously, for me, i got a point to prove, even though, you know, it's not that Melbourne City didn't want me. But you always have that that chip on your shoulder when you're coming against your old team. You want to play 
play well. Um, I think we were messaging throughout the week, probably not talking too much. Um, I think were you were you playing that one or were you in the grandstand? No, I was in the stands. I was actually looking over at the Adelaide box myself while all other game was going, looking at who was it uh, at the time. I think it was uh, AK Untake Kovacevic, which was the um, the GM at the time, and I was looking at him saying, "Sign me up, please, get me out of here." Because <laughs> um, at that stage, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't making the squads. Um, and I'm watching my mate down there just running the show and chirping up to all the Melbourne City fans. But you can, uh, I suppose, go on with the, with the best part of the story. Yeah, so it was, it was like, it was a great first half. We were up, um, was it 1-0 from the penalty? So the ball got played over. I made a forward run. Sorensen comes out and the ball was going out. Like it was going out. And he's just smashed me. I, honestly, I thought I broke my rib. I was like in, I mean, so much pain. And then obviously they've given the penalty. As I'm kind of getting helped off the field from the, uh, the physio, I'm coming over near, close to where the Melbourne City benches were, not directly in line with the bench, but close enough to them. And all these fans were giving it to me. And I was just thinking like, fucking hell, I can't breathe. And I, I don't even remember what they said. And I just looked up and I, I don't even know why it came into my head doing the Theo Walcott and just going like the old 2-0 to the supporters. And <laughs> I didn't think anything of it at the time. It was just that. So we're obviously 2-0 up, not 1-0 up. Um, and then go back out there just before half time. Bruno and Harry Navio were getting in a fight with with Isaias. Obviously, you know the South American, the French, the Spanish. It's heated. It's a heated game. You know, the, literally the title is on the line. And then I kind of went in there as the final whistle went for half time. I went in there just to like kind of break them up and like push them away and say, "Come on, boys, don't worry about it." And then from nowhere. Uh, Joey Didlitzer, the goalkeeper coach from from Melbourne City, who's actually a great guy, a top guy, comes yes. in and grabs me by the neck, and it just kicked off. I obviously swung my arm oh, away. Al, the assistant coach, has got smacked in the face. Um, I'm obviously seeing seeing red, literally, and you know I'm just thinking, fucking hell, what's this guy doing? Later on, we found out that he <laughs> thought I did the two nil to the bench when I never even did it to the bench, but. Again, he's a fiery character. Obviously, he wasn't too happy. Um, as we're going down the tunnel, P big PK comes out. He's like, what's going on here? And I'm thinking, fucking, this guy's grabbed me by the throat. And he's like, ooh. And it just, I was thinking, I don't want to get in a fight with PK because this guy will actually bash me. <laughs> I steered clear of him. I gave it the big ones to everyone else. Um, I think Dill McGowan maybe actually arced up to PK and maybe got ragdolled. But um, it was, yeah, it was crazy. Obviously, all, all captured on, on the Fox Sports coverage at that stage. And... Went in and I had to cool down at halftime. My heart, you know, the adrenaline was pumping through and everyone was like, just relax. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. No problem. And and I played really well that game as well. And we obviously ended up, you know, winning the game. The next day, uh, victory beat Brisbane or drew with Brisbane. So we won the, the minor premiership. And yeah, it was just, it was crazy. But it was one of those ones where when you're out on the field, you're not thinking properly. The emotions get the better. Well, not even the better of you. That's, you know, that's the way I play. Every play is different. I love, you know, when I'm on the edge and playing like that and a bit chirpy, that's when I'm at my best. So, um, yeah, it was very interesting and made an interesting, I guess, semi-final when we played you to get into the grand final. You guys were back at, at Cooper's and obviously there was a bit of, uh, yeah, a bit of tension brewing there, the same way that I'm sure with Central Coast and Melbourne City there is. Um, and that's what makes football interesting, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't you say? Yeah, no, nah, it's the best. And, you know, you, you'll be like that on the pitch. I'm the same, you know, on the pitch. I'm an absolute prick on the pitch. Like, I wouldn't want to play with me as a teammate because I'm always complaining about everything or something's not right and I want it to be better. And, 
that just comes from a place of always wanting to win and wanting to be the best. And when we're not doing so well, we could be doing things better. Um, I get frustrated and, you know, it probably doesn't always come out in the right way, but it's always just for the best because I want to be better as a team. And um, you are, you're just a different person on the pitch. It's, it's hard to explain, but when you get, when you step over that line, it's just like some players have it worse than others. Like I've got bad white line fever, but um, you know, you're, you're probably not the best either, but yeah, it's just, it's the way you play the game and it's probably what gets you to maybe that next level, especially when the game is really tight or it's a massive game with something on the line. When something like that happens, you're like, no, I'm fucking going up a gear here. I'm, I'm, I need to get yeah. to the next level because like after something like that happens, you go, well, I've got a fucking point to prove now. Yeah. And you know what? I, I kind of look at it and I, I genuinely think as footballers, um, we're almost like actors, you know, when we go onto the field, we, we're competing so hard against each other to, to be better, to win. And, and, you know, why am I better than you or the next guy after that? So when you go out there, you need to have this confidence, this aura about you that you believe in yourself and you're aggressive and whatever works for you, you individually need to figure out what works best for you. But when you do, you have to channel that. Cause when you go out there, you know, you've got the crowd, you've got the, all the people on TV, everyone's a critic. Everyone wants to say how, how shit you are. Um, and you need to prove them all wrong. Plus be beating the opposition as well. And, um, that's why I look at, you know, certain players. And I, you know, when I was younger, I looked at people a lot different compared to what I do now, because on the field, you know, everybody is a completely different person because they have to be, and that's just what works for them. But then off the field, you know, like I'm sure that, you know, there might be people that say a bad word about me and you, but I don't think there would be too many, um, that would because you know I'm a very relaxed person I hardly ever get angry off the field I don't even know ask ask my missus ask Carla I don't think I ever yell at her or I'm definitely not ever ever laying laying hands on her that's for sure um <laughs> so like it's it I don't get angry I don't get angry off the field but on the field you um yeah, yeah you just do you you really do it's change different. into a different person yeah it's different it's different but um We'll leave it there. So it's a good story. It's it's um, it is funny the, the way things unfold on a football pitch when tempers are tempers are flaring. Yeah, exactly. And um, perfect segue into our our preview. Obviously, we've got Thursday night. We've got Melbourne City v Adelaide. Um, massive game. Massive game for I guess Melbourne City. Um, Saki's just left Melbourne City as well, which is a massive loss because he was. Um, he was, especially the last probably month, he was probably one of their best players. Like he was, he changed positions, came a bit deeper and he was getting on the ball. Technically he was next level. You know, some of the goals he scored or scored that volley against you guys. Um, yeah. so that's a big loss for them. Um, we'll see, we'll see how that game folds out. And then Friday, the big blue, uh, victory against Sydney, Australia day game, massive, massive occasion always. So I'm really excited to see, see that game. And, um, on Saturday, your lads, um in in tassie is it you've got your game yeah tassie against uh western sydney so traveling across short trip for us but um should be a good game obviously look we're speaking about you know past results or tempest flaring obviously the last outing against western sydney wanderers was, was five nil um and you know going in at half time after getting absolutely battered so for me, I'm already thinking about that. Um, that's just, you know, sort of fresh in my mind. I, I don't want anything like that. So that's going to be a big game and hopefully we can get a good result. And then after us, we've got Newcastle versus Wellington. And after that, Central Coast versus Brisbane. So a triple header on the on the Saturday. And then rounding the round off with Sunday, MacArthur versus Perth. So 
plenty of good games and probably to be honest i would say that the thursday and friday night games could probably be contenders for game of the round yeah definitely i think there'll be lots of goals in the thursday night one and, and potentially even in the the friday one victory obviously you've got the attacking the attacking threat they're a, a lot more solid probably than what you'd say than sydney at the moment but you know obviously sydney have just come off scoring four goals so they're all firing everybody's confidence so it's going to be a great round. Um, thanks again for for listening in. We're obviously sorry once again about um, the disappointment of Chloe not being able to. Um, well, she was on here, but we weren't able to get her audio on here. Um, so thanks again for listening. And Ben's going to tell you exactly where you can find us on all our socials because we will be doing a giveaway um, through Instagram when we hit a thousand followers. And that could be coming up any day now. So Make sure you're following us and you'll be able to find out where you can do that right now. Yeah, guys, follow us, subscribe, do whatever you need to do. We've got some more uh, really awesome guests coming up that we're looking so forward to getting on the show, but we can only keep doing this if you guys, with your guys' support. So please give us a follow. We're at Football Friends Pod on Insta and TikTok, at Ben and Steph Pod on X, and Football Friends with Ben and Steph on youtube if you'd like to watch us there but thank you guys that's all we have time for today we'll see you next week oh friend fuck you lot where's the beer